Do you know even when you were a baby, you could dance better than you could walk? Well, I wanted to be the prima ballerina. I had to be. That's all you ever wanted to do. Ever since you were a little beige baby, all you wanted to be was a dancer. I teach hip-hop at the center. Until you meet a guy from the wrong side of the tracks who helps you learn a new form of dance from the streets. You know, hip-hop, like, it's more than just like a dance. You know, it's more like, like, like an attitude, you know? It's Lady and the Tramp, but make it hip-hop but also safe for white audiences. This is Peak 2000s, the show that throws it all the way back to our favorite pop culture moments of the aughts. Today, the 2000s dance movie craze. Without this showcase, I have nothing. I go nowhere. I am your host, Sydney Washington, and here I have the hip to my hop, the 5'6 to my 7'8, Marie Faustin. Hi, friends. Oh, I'm so obsessed with this topic today. We're talking about 2000s dance movies, mm-hmm. and I want to know, like, what do you need for it to be a dance movie? We need a young white woman who is classically trained in, like, ballet or tap, Mm -hmm. who is trying to get into Juilliard or trying to get into some dance company or trying to graduate or something. Yeah. She definitely is stiff, and she needs to loosen up. Her routine is stale or whack. You know, Mm. 2000s thing. Whack. Yep. They're from opposite sides of the track, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. He's wearing a hoodie and a baggy pant and, like, a big leather jacket, and she's wearing tights with a skirt over it. Every scene. But, like, he has a a heart of gold underneath that rough exterior. You know what I mean? He always has a Black friend who is real hood in all of these movies. He's stealing cars. He's uh, robbing bodegas. He's just a guy from the streets. And the best friend is always, like, disappointed that their friend is dancing. Like, just what you doing instead of hanging out with me, robbing old ladies? What you doing, man? What's that? River dancing? You getting down with your Irish roots now? It's not like It's that. not like what? It's not. It's part of our community service, man. Dancing. How is dancing a part of your community service, Ty? Look, it's complicated. Well, explain to me, brother, because I ain't that stupid. This is really how you're going to rep the hood? By dancing? Right. By doing the, the boom cat boom? Really? Did you just do a kickball change? Like <laughs> Exactly. And they got to duke it out on the dance floor. Oh, there's always a scene at a club full of professional dancers. Yeah. And everybody that's on the dance floor knows all of the moves. And then at the end of the movie, everybody's all dancing together in the streets. Yeah, it turns into a high school musical. Yeah. <laughs> Which I also love. (laughs) Okay, Marie, what dance movies are we specifically talking about today? Okay, sweetie, baby, it's Save the Last Dance, Step Up, and Honey. Do you remember Honey? Oh, yeah. Because it's just like... No, that's a different Honey. That's Mariah Carey, not the same. I know. It's a better Honey, actually. Really? Are we going to go on the record and say that? The Mariah Carey song is better than the movie? Absolutely. (laughs) But for some reason, when that movie came out, I genuinely, like, that movie more than the song Honey. Oh, well, that's because you're not a lamb, sis. Uh, you're, not, you're not in the, the Mariah hives. True, true, true. <laughs> Tell Mariah to call me. She's not going to call you, sis. <laughs> okay, so Marie, we have to get into our guest. We got Kyle Buchanan. 
He is a pop culture reporter and economist at the New York Times. Kyle, welcome to Peak 2000s. I'm excited to be here. I peaked in the 2000s, so this is exactly right for me. (laughs) I love when a guest is on brand with the pod. (laughs) (laughs) So we are chatting about our favorite subject, dance movies. What do you remember about it? I remember how big Save the Last Dance was. Like, that movie came out of nowhere. It made, I think, like $27.5 million its opening weekend, mm. which would be kind of crazy right now for this movie that didn't have, you know, gigantic movie stars or wasn't based on some, you know, pre-existing comic book brand to come out there and be a huge hit. So then Hollywood, of course, was like, okay, well, we got to copy it. What do we do? So we saw all of these movies kind of following its footsteps that were kind of taking place in the same milieu, but would go about things really differently. Like suddenly the scales got tilted from like, it's a drama that just happens to have dance to something like Honey, where like if they don't dance every three minutes, they will die. Oh my God, Kyle, shout out to you for saying the word milieu. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you know I am fancy. Love it. (laughs) So... It started in 2001 with Save the Last Dance. Can you do a little plot summary for the folks who, you know, are young and have no idea what this movie is about? Or maybe they only discovered it on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Julia Stiles is this young dancer whose mother is killed on her way to a ballet audition that she's doing. So she puts those dreams away. She hangs up her shoes and she moves to the south side of Chicago to live with her dad and enrolls in a high school that's majority Black. And she has this sort of spiky love story with Derek, who's played by Sean Patrick Thomas, and he teaches her new dance moves and makes friends with his sister, Chenille, who's played by Kerry Washington, who teaches her how to wear a head wrap in the club. Ooh. And... <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw that in there, huh? <laughs> I, I don't doubt that we're going to mention a whole lot of things because this movie plays so different than it did 20 years ago. Truly. Absolutely. Were you a fan of this movie? You know, I worked in a video store when it came out and they would just play it on the big screen. And it, that last dance performance, when that played, people would just stop in their tracks and watch, what, all three minutes of it. Mm. So it is kind of this fascinating thing, like, It's kind of formulaic. It's kind of predictable. But it does pull you in a little bit. It pulls you in, one, when the mom gets hit by a car or whatever (laughs) the hell she's doing. And then you're like, on the way to the show. (laughs) And then she's in this school with all these Black kids. And she's like, where am I going to sit at lunch? We could all relate to being in high school and not fitting in. Listen, the high school cafeteria is fraught, especially in a high school movie. I remember going into the cafeteria for the first time in high school, and it's, it is scary. And there is like a fantasy that happens in all these teen movies where you don't know where to sit, and then someone swoops in and is like, I got you. Like, just follow me around. Let me give you the details on who sits where and take you under my wing and teach you. Right. Yeah. But nobody is caring about studying. It's all about dancing. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see Derek read a single book the entire movie. <laughs> and, and he's trying to get into a good college, but he is taking entire afternoons to teach her how to dance. Lesson one. All right. Now, see, you know, hip hop, like, it's more than just like a dance. You know, it's more like, like, like an attitude, you know? So you got to loosen up so you can feel them all and just let them like flow through you, you know, so you can feel it. Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Seriously. I'm like, he didn't have basketball practice or soccer or chess or debate club. He just had 
full afternoons to break into a warehouse to teach her how to two-step. Steps ain't no square dance. That's all right. I dance in circles, probably around you. He's so invested in Julia Stiles and her blank face. It's like, what are you getting out of this? (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, that's what we're going to say on a pod? I mean... She's kind of a fascinating actress because she's not, like, giving you a lot. You're kind of, like, leaning in. Right. Give us nothing. <laughs> we love it. And then Kerry Washington's accent. I, I just want—I was like, is that how people speak in Chicago? Like, is that is that the accent for us? It was so bad. Derek's about something. He's smart. He's motivated. He's for real. He's not just going to make some babies and not take care of them or run the streets messing up his life. He's going to make something of himself. And here you come white, so you got to be right. And you take one of the few decent men we have left after jail, drugs, and drive-by. That is what Nikki meant about you up in our world. Their brother and sister, they grew up in the same house. He didn't talk like that. Mm -mm. He sounded like he was speaking in MLA format. (laughs) (laughs) And, And she's giving, I don't know, street rat, street cat. You can tell that she was like, Listen, this isn't how I talk. This is a performance, capital P. She's summering at Martha's Vineyard, so she doesn't know anything about that accident. (laughs) Let's move on to Step Up, which came out in 2006. Kyle, hit me with the plot of that movie. Yeah, so in this one, Channing Tatum is like this hot dummy who's kind of like crime adjacent. (laughs) Uh, And he gets sentenced to community service at a dance school where he falls for... A dancer played by Jenna Duan, who I think they got married not long after this. Yeah, they did. But she's very perfect and by the book, and he's a bad boy. So the question is, like, whether they can make it work. And we know he's a bad boy because he always has on a backwards cap. Mm -hmm. I will say the biggest difference between the two movies is Jenna is actually a dancer and Julia Stiles very much was not. Yeah, it's funny watching, like, all these movies where, like, sometimes the protagonists have this really long hair and you can tell that the reason why is so they can shoot them from the back or they can shoot them like (laughs) bending over and doing these crazy moves so they can sub in the dance double. Like watching Jenna and Channing Tatum, who's an incredible dancer, they don't have to cut away. Magic Mike, babe. You want to lift me? Are you kidding? Does it look like I'm kidding? Yeah, he's incredible. And honestly, I think like of all the couples in these dance love stories, they've got chemistry. And that's why they got married. Yeah. Every time they do their dances together, it's fun because they move so well together. Another big difference is, is that this was less about race because they both were kind of white. No, they were not kind of white, sis. They were both white. Well, they, they were given spice, though. And that's very Hollywood notes. Like, so many of these so-called urban dance movies of the 2000s had non-Black leads. Ethnically ambiguous. Like, you're like, could be something else. Well, in Honey, they give Jessica Alba a Black father. The casting could have done better. Honey, starring Jessica Alba, our girl. What's the deal with this, Kyle? Run it down for us. So Jessica Alba teaches a dance class for kids. I teach hip-hop at the center. She works in a bar, and she works in a record store. Three completely random jobs for a protagonist to have. (laughs) But what she really wants to do is become like a sort of successful choreographer for music videos. And she meets this music video director who looks just like Mr. Shu from Glee. Very unsettling. All right. See, now that, that is sexy. Thank you. God, that is sexy. Everybody else, follow what she's doing. And he kind of gives her an in and she's choreographing, you know, like Jada Kiss music videos, working her way up the ladder. But she finds it's not everything she hoped it would be. You know, the first time I saw you, I said to myself, 
That girl is so fine. Quit playing. Who's playing? I'm not playing. No, seriously. Oh, come on. Seriously. Yes, you are. Come, come on, stop. Stop! Stop! Get off of me! Bitch, how are you gonna play me like that? I'm gonna do you a favor. I'm gonna pretend like none of this happened. See you on Monday. So, is Jessica Alba a good dancer? You know, again, Honey's hair is in her face all the time when she's dancing, and that's not by mistake. And then they gave her curly hair, but a straight bang. And it was like, well, this is because she has ethnic hair. And it was like, babe. There was a a lot of soft hole gel connected to Honey Daniels, and I love that. (laughs) Now, this was a little different than the other two movies for me because of all the cameos. Can you list them, Kyle? Well, Missy Elliott is like the cameo. Katrina? Who the hell is Katrina? It's Katrina. Hey. Katrina is, is the shit. She just did genuine video. I don't care if she just showed Michael Jackson how to Harlem shake. I said I want honey, honey Daniels. Duh. Was thrilled to see Tweet in there. Mm-hmm. Love Tweet, love a Tweet moment. Mm-hmm. Jada Kiss. I mean, yeah, it's full of people. And it gives it this kind of like early odds MTV making the video feel, which I appreciate yes! Like they're always on the set of music videos, but I kind of love that. I love that. And remember when Genuine, when they try to do the music video with the kids? Yes. And then the evil Mr. Shu music video director rejects the kids. Yeah. I would reject the kids too. I don't want them in my video. Side note, not the best kids dancing. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I watch TikTok a lot. Now, who had the worst accent? Uh, Jessica Alba in Honey or Kerry Washington in Save the Last Dance? Oh, look at this. Wow. <laughs> this is Kyle. a real face off. <laughs> Why are you tripping off him, Derek? All you're trying to do is get the hell up out of here. Ain't no shame or blame in that. Derek. Why are you tripping off him, Derek? The accent is bad, but also the language that she's using, it feels very much a Brady Bunch writer wrote it for a Black girl. The words don't even really make sense. But also, this was Carrie Washington's, like, first role or something like that, so there was a little bit of overacting. Carrie Washington is not who you go to for underacting. No, you're right. Mm -mm. I mean, there are definitely times when you're watching Save the Last Dance where you can imagine her script where she's literally, like, breaking it down into syllables. Yes. Okay, and now here's Jessica Alba and Honey. Oh, and you want to offer me the privilege of slapping on a thong and shaking my ass in your camera? Thanks, but I'll pass. What are you doing? He's a director. Every guy's a director when he wants some booty. When he wants some booty. (laughs) Booty. Where is Jessica Alba from? All I'm going to say is how many times you think Ariana Grande has watched that movie? Mmm. Okay, I can can see them being cousins for sure. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, when you're in a movie like that, especially knowing that Aaliyah was supposed to play the role, that's a big, big shoes to fill, you know? That's like a recurring theme with these movies, you know? We're talking about, like, who gets to wear literally the clothes or the voices or the accents and, like, get away with it and be the protagonist of these movies, you know? Which is a conversation we still have when it comes to almost everything today. But we weren't really thinking about it around that time. Yeah, I feel like that's what the movies were trying to say. Like, yeah. isn't it great that all these cultures can come together? And, you know, we're now reaching a point where the mainstream conversation is, well, let's unpack that because it's kind of thorny. Thank you for walking me home. Was that thanks, like, gee whiz, I had a great time? Or was that thanks, like... I'll bust a cap in your ass if you ever darken my doorstep again. No, I would never bust a cap in your ass. <laughs> Unpack it, especially since now you see these people, these actors, like they wouldn't be caught dead in anything like this or with that type of cast. 
I would hope that they know better now. I mean, uh, Save the Last Dance did have a Black director, Thomas Carter. But you have to think about the dozens of white executives who were giving their notes and saying, oh, well, you know, if we're going to enter this world, it has to be like through a white point of view character. Just even recently, Issa Rae was talking about how when she was trying to sell some of her projects, the executives would say, well, we need at least one white character that the white audience can identify with. And I feel like this was Hollywood's way of like getting that number one album for that number one dance movie, but still not scaring off like the white audience who wouldn't be able to relate if like, you know, if if the leads in Step Up were both black. And that's the thing, like all three of these movies have complicated racial dynamics. But like what exactly are they saying about race? Because back then I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about it, to be honest. Yeah. And I don't think the movie's always completely new. I mean, Save the Last Dance is more explicitly about race than the other two movies we talked about. But, like, Step Up and Honey are about race in, like, who they cast as the leads and who they surround them with and kind of what they're portraying about inner city life. Like, you know, in all of these movies, there's subplots about, like, kids or young people who are victims of gun violence or they're just, like, one step away from dealing drugs. And it's always, again, like, it's really fascinating the way the movies try to, like, sell that sort of thing. And it's like, you don't have to do this. You could better yourself by, like, becoming a little bit more ballet adjacent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know what stops gun violence? Ballet shoes, actually. <laughs> ballet flats. A plie. A plie, yes. A pirouette. The power of dance. <laughs> Let's move on to another hot segment called Yay or Yuck. The way it works is we just run through these topics and you give us a yay that you agree that it holds up or yuck that we should leave it where it was and never discuss it again. So first up, we got Save the Last Dance and we have our infamous scene, the Gap (laughs) Shirt Car Makeover. You need to take off that fifth grade dance looking top. It's from the Gap. It's country and you look country in it. Let's go. Oh, come here. Come here, come here, come here. Let's bounce. So, you know, Julia Stiles pulls up, you know, in her Gap t-shirt, looking real, you know, loose-leaf paper, bland. (laughs) And Kerry Washington is going to give her a makeover. We turn the the Gap shirt into a head wrap. We put some hoop earrings in Miss Thang, and we're at the club now. Uh... (laughs) Do you think this holds up or this is a, no, never again. Let's not. No, it would play completely different if you were doing it today. And just even rewatching it is crazy. However, it is, I think, like the only scene of these three movies that sort of explicitly deals with like the cultural appropriation that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. For it to very specifically be about like we are making over this white girl to like appear more urban It was treated as kind of like the fun thing in that movie. And it's so much more complicated when you look at it through the 2021 lens. 
It definitely was an LOL because I was like, this is making her head look bigger. Are you sure you <laughs> want to do this rap thing? Yeah, not so flattering. But also so mean because they make Carrie Washington give the makeover and the entire movie they are dressing her as like the frumpiest teen mom you've ever met. Yes, yes. yes. But also, <laughs> who puts on a head wrap to go to the club? You gonna be hot. Like I was <laughs> hot watching them wrap her scalp in that T-shirt. Literally made no sense. So, uh, Kyle, you're giving it a yuck? I'm giving it a yuck. Marie? I'm giving it a yuck then and now. It was two yucks. Gorge. Okay. So, next, 2000 dance movie fashions. So, we got Channing Tatum's baggy pants, Jessica Alba's, like, insane (laughs) low-rise, the studded big belt combo. We got Jenna's skinny scarves and... Julia Stiles, Cancun braids, mini <laughs> cornrows. <laughs> are we saying, are we yaying some of this or yucking all of it? There's no possible yay to give. It's the most <laughs> like enthused group yuck I could possibly like muster. It's it, going back and watching those like early 2000s fashions was an incredibly traumatizing experience. I mean, I know podcasting is not a visual medium. But we're sparing you. Like, don't even Google image search it unless you're prepared. But what about Channing Tatum? Like, (laughs) you don't think that he pulled off those looks? Well, I'll say Channing Tatum and Jessica Alba both pull off those looks by being, you know, insanely beautiful people who can pull Mm -hmm. off just about any look. But yeah, Channing Tatum and his incredibly baggy pants where when he takes off his shoes, he's still like <laughs> tripping on how long the pant <laughs> yes. legs are. That does not hold up at all. So it's a yuck across the boards. Yeah, it's a it's a yuck across the board, but early 2000s style is back now. It is. Yeah. They're bringing it People back. People are wearing big baggy pants. They're wearing Echo and Fila and... Baby Fat. Baby Fat and all these brands that we thought were dead. Yeah. So... I donated all my things. But um, lastly, we have Julia Stiles' iconic final performance at the end of Save the Lance Dance. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, and the split, that was cute. She did the split, but like, it's it all looks like she's doing one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, like in her head. It's very mechanical. She's like one click away from just like flat out doing the robot. Listen, if I was a judge and I was watching this, she would not have gotten my vote into Juilliard. In theory, it's a yuck, but yay for, you know, effort. There is absolutely something about this where you can't look away. Right. (laughs) For better or for worse. Even if you're kind of making fun of it, as people have been doing on social media, especially over the last year, you just want to watch that whole thing because it just, I don't know, it commands your attention and it's kind of like staccato weirdness. I can't say this on the record yet, but welcome to Juilliard. I'm going to give it like a really perverse yum because, (laughs) listen, again, if that came on... You just have to watch it. You have to. There is something weird. Like, some, you know, movies don't have to be great to be good. And movie scenes don't have to be great to be good. You know? And is that scene great? No. But is there just something about it where you have to watch it? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I I love the yum for you. Okay, let's pause for a minute. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. This episode was not brought to you by the Wade Robson Dance Girls Starter Pack. Before we get into that, these are my lovely fly girls. Stay with me, stay focused, let's rock. 
Are you inspired by the true pioneers of dance? Justin Timberlake, JC Chazé, and Britney Spears. It's Britney, bitch. Did Save the Last Dance and Step Up teach you that you should move to the inner city and start learning moves now? The beat, the tempo is sort of boom, 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 boom. Sounds like you need the Wade Robson Dance Girl Starter Pack. For a limited time, you get the whole DVD set for just $9.99. That's $9.99 for five hours of dance lessons. Act now and we'll throw in a free mini boombox and a pack of hoop earrings for the club. The Wade Robson Dance Girl Starter Pack. You'll learn how to put your thang down, flip it, and reverse it in no time. There it is, champs. All right. We ready? <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save 40% site-wide. 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's wrap this baby up with a cute-ass bow. Do we even still have dance movies like this? I feel like we're getting this sudden flood of musicals. So, of course, there's dancing in that. But this is a very different kind of genre, like the dance movie. Yeah. And I think we're kind of ripe for a rediscovery. I mean, the movies that we're all talking about came, what, like 15 years or so after Dirty Dancing, which kind of like pioneered that whole format. And you've got to think, okay, when something goes away for 15 minutes, whether it's like, you know, the baby fat and Mark Echo stuff that we were talking about earlier, it, you know, comes back and people are interested in it again. It's exactly what we were talking about earlier. I mean, watching like all these white kids on TikTok become super huge by basically stealing black dances made by black creators. Is that not sort of like this kind of same idea of cultural appropriation that we're grappling with when we go back and watch these 2000s dance movies? It's the same conversation, just different context. Mm. So should we bring the movies back or not? If you bring those movies back, let different people star in them. We don't, I think we've moved past the need for like a white POV character. I mean, TikTok would argue otherwise, but let's do something about yeah. it. Let's break that algorithm. Normani. Yes. Let's have Normani. I would love to see Normani. Or even, you know, Ciara with her, you know, successful... She's made it. She don't really need to be in anything as she should get she could she can dance. You want Ciara to be in a high school trying to get into Juilliard? I don't think no, that No, 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 no. She could be like a teacher. Sure. Well, even Normani's motivation video, like it's kind of paying homage to this era of music and videos and dance. So like, yeah, let's make that into like a feature length production. I'd watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got some time. We could do it. I could see her as a lead. All right, we're putting it out in the universe. We're putting it out there. Kyle, thank you so much for being a part of Peak 2000s. Where can we catch you? You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Buchanan and at the New York Times. I have a book coming out at the end of February. It is <gasps> a really juicy oral history of the craziest, most troubled production Hollywood has ever experienced, which was Mad Max Fury Road. Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, they all talk to me. And it's called Blood, Sweat, and Crown. Blood, Sweat, and Crown. Yes. I'm ready. 
I'm ready for it. Check that out. And uh, it was a pleasure being here. Next time I will wear Jenna Dewan's thin scarves. <laughs> I promise. I, I can't pull off Jessica Alba's low-rise jeans. So it's just going to have to be the scarves. I don't think anybody on the call can. So you're right with the go- to go with the scarves. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kyle. Of course. Yes, now it's that time of the show. My favorite part, Swag Report, where we break down the latest trends. Marie is on the scene. Tell us about a new shoe trend, Marie. Where are you right now? Sydney, I'm at this place. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Starbucks. Mm. Have you heard of an ugly boot called the Ugg? Oh, maybe that's why it's called Ugg. Yes, exactly. They look like little bear paws. Okay. It's giving crumpled bag that got wet, but with fur. Ooh, so it's comfy. Can I wear these in the snow? Probably not. (laughs) I don't think that these are even waterproof. But people are wearing them in the snow. They're kicking leaves. They're wearing them in the rain. I'm not really sure what the logic is behind these ugly shoes, but the girls are going insane for them. All right. Well, um, I feel like these shoes, you shouldn't get them wet, but also you can be wet Ooh. while you got them on. <laughs> Sydney, there's nothing that would make anybody wet that involves Uggs. Uggs look like if you chopped a Muppet's body off of its legs. <laughs> That's what Ugg boots look like. But I'm saying, like, you can't go to the club with a, with an Ugg boot? I hope you don't get into any club in any in any city on any continent in an Ugg boot. It's disrespectful to music and to bouncers everywhere, sis. So you're telling me I can't keep up a good beat in an Ugg boot? There's no way you could follow the rhythm to any song. The rhythm of the night in an Ugg boot, babe. Absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, my God, Marie, you are so brave. Thank you so much for the swag report. We are back in the studs. Thank you so much, babe. You're welcome. I almost died. Peak 2000s is a Spotify original production in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sydney Washington, and you can follow me at JustSydSYDNYC. You can follow Marie Faustin at Miss Reezy, that's M-S-R-E-E-Z-Y. We are produced by the Vox Media Podcast Network and Spotify. For Vox Media, our producer is Gina Pollock. Our executive producers are Zach Mack and Nashat Kura. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our theme music is by Brandon McFarlane. And for Spotify, our producers are Baron Farmer and Candice Manriquez-Ren. Executive producer is Gina Dalback. Special thanks to Evan Tarantino, Teal Kratke, Amanda Long, Yasmin Afifi, and Leslie Guan. Next time on Peak 2000s. Before there was Kim or Lindsay, there was... <laughs> 